This is WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Welcome to this episode of WSFI Spotlight. I'm your host, Karen Gleason, and today my guest is Rose Malavoti, and she is the mother of 21 children. She is from Rockford, and she will soon have 22 children. And so we're gonna talk to her today about that. So Rose, you wanted to be a mother from a time you were a little girl, and from the age of eight, you knew you were gonna adopt children. Tell us how you did that. Well, I I had a a wonderful fourth grade teacher. Her name was Grace Lyle, and the Catholic school I attended had all nuns except two lay teachers, and Mrs. Lyle was one of those. It was fourth grade, and I was eight, and she was an amazing person. She was allergic to flowers, but we always had the biggest May altar in her room. She just really had a love for the Lord, and one day she told the story that uh, her mom had died, and her father had left her and her siblings at an orphanage, and at this orphanage on Sundays people could come and child shop and she said every Saturday night she tried very hard she'd wash her hair and tie it in rags she would iron her one dress she said I always try to smell my best and look my smartest but no one took me and my heart broke I, I remember thinking she is so loving and she is so kind and no one took her in fact at the age of 14 she was able in those days early 1900s to then teach and I got a provisional certificate and that's what happened at recess that day I snuck off the playground and I snuck into church and went up toward the front and knelt and in the kind of darkness of the church with the sacristy light flickering I was talking to God And I said, Lord, I will accept the children and give birth to children, but my life is going to make a difference in the lives of other children. And I heard him say 21, and then later I would sometimes hear 21 or 22. That was very clear to me. I I didn't doubt what I heard the Lord say. And so I went home that night and was talking to my dad. My dad was a daily communicant. He went to Mass every single day at 6 in the morning. And he gave up his lunch hour every day to run the playground, as he would say, so the good sisters could go home and eat. And he worked a second job at night, three, four nights a week, to make money for Catholic education. And then when he got home from that job, every night he lit a blessed candle by some statues in his bedroom of the Holy Family, and he would pray the rosary. So I thought he would get it. So I went to him and said, Dad, I'm going to have 21 children. And he tipped his head down and stared at me intently and he said Rose you'll change your mind and I thought oh no no he didn't understand I said no I'm not going to give birth to 21 I I'm going to accept the children God sends me but then I'm going to take in children that no one wants and he was silent a bit and said you'll change your mind well in my mind I just thought okay he doesn't get it (laughs) and and that belief persisted through my whole life that, that's an amazing story uh, to know that at age eight you're going to be making the difference in the lives of children when you were a child yourself. That's amazing. So you had four biological children and then you adopted a few more. Can you tell us a little bit about how that all occurred? I mean, you had failed adoptions, but how did the next children come into your life? 
Well, yeah, we did have, we had attempted adoption a number of times that it didn't work. And it would cause some doubts in me. I thought, all right, Lord, is this really from you? Is this really what you want? And so my husband actually had cancer during that particular time, and he was given large amounts of radiation, and we were not supposed to have any more. We were not supposed to give birth to any more because high risk of of birth defects. And it was actually during those times that I conceived my fourth child, which wasn't planned, and we had him. But again, I just didn't know. So while my husband had cancer, I had decided I didn't want to teach that year. I wanted to be free to go with him into the hospital. So I was substituting, and I actually did work every day that year, but in a public school. And the secretary of that school invited me to go for a walk with her and some women at lunch. And we were walking down the street, and she stopped, and her eyes teared up. There was this beautiful trellis full of roses. In fact, it was exactly this time of year. And uh, I thought, well, they're pretty, but I don't know if I'd cry. And she said, oh, you don't understand. I'm doing a novena to St. Teresa the Little Flower, and those roses are a sign from God. So when we got back, she wrote out this novena on a card and gave it to me. And so I had that, and I did pray it a number of times, but through a number of failed adoptions, one particular one, seven years we were working on three kids from Mexico and just everything you can imagine was going wrong. So we had been in Chicago at the Mexican consulate to get some paperwork done and a woman we didn't know came up to this sister that was with us to be a translator and offered her services and I kept saying no, it's fine, it's fine. Well, several months later all of the work we had done, all the people we had worked with disappeared, I were fired, whatever, and suddenly we were in a situation where we did need translation so I contacted her and that is a small miracle we have hundreds of big ones but my husband contacted her and he sent her just a few documents and she quoted us $500 well we didn't have $50 and that night I was to speak in Chicago it was a horrible storm my husband decided to drive me usually I go myself so the next day he got home very late he grabbed the mail went to work was opening the mail listening to his voice messages and she said I was talking to my son in Texas born-again Christian and he said mom God can't be outdone in generosity. So she called and left a voicemail and said, I'll do it for 350 And as he's listening to that, he opened up a little card and it was a $300 check from a very young couple <laughs> that said they'd received a large amount of money, believed in tithing, and God told them to give it to us. So she and I started corresponding a lot and we sent her, I think, 17 or 18 more documents. She never raised the price. But we became kind of prayer partners. At one point in time, she she said to me, Rose, IBM is making a voice-activated computer program for children that are paralyzed. I want it done in Spanish and in English. Will you write me a letter of recommendation? I know you were a principal. And so I did. I wrote one, and a couple agencies in Chicago did as well. She called me on New Year's Eve, and she said to me, I just want you to know I got a letter from IBM today, and they are going to make this program in Spanish and English. I've been hired, and they said it was specifically because because of your letter. And I thanked her. And then she said, do you remember my son? And I said, oh, yes, God can't be outdone in generosity. Well, please pray. He and two other Christians have been feeding eight children in Laredo, Texas. Their mom is dying of cancer, and no one will take them. And I said, really? I said, well, we might be interested. And she 
screamed so loud. <laughs> All eight that my husband, who was painting across the room, could hear her. And What did he say about eight children? Didn't bat an eye. Now, he had drug his feet for a number of years with adoption. He gave intellectual assent to it. But when it actually came time to act on a, in a few situations, he, he couldn't. But we did end up flying to Texas on January 7th. And again, this started on the 31st. And I was really scared because those those children, there actually were nine. The oldest was already married, but they had a very, very difficult background. They had relatives involved in drug trafficking, and their uncle they were close to was a pimp, and there was some Santeria being practiced in that family. So I was the one getting scared, and he would say, Rose, if you want a sign from God, look into the faces of those children. They all had lice. It was just not good. And I was praying the St. Teresa Novena 24-7. We, we were all, there were my two youngest, my husband and I, we just prayed that Novena constantly. When we got off the elevator in the hospital where this mother was dying of cancer, there was a six-foot statue of St. Teresa holding roses. And I would pat it with oh. my, and say, St. Teresa, I need my sign. And he would say, look under their faces, you have your sign. And we were over 30000 in debt. We were in danger of losing our home. Wow. And I needed to know if this is God's will. I, I really believed. And, and there was St. Teresa's statue, statue right there for you. But I kept saying, St. Teresa, I need the sign. I need a rose or the aroma of a rose if this is God's will. And so we were there four days, came back home. I was back in the classroom in the fifth day, and a little girl came in. Mrs. Malavolte, where have you been? I've been looking for you. And I had done spiritual direction with this little girl for two years. And I'm trying to act interested, but my thoughts are on eight little kids. Of course that have no food their mom is dying and I don't know what to do so she handed me a little round box and she said oh I went to Rome I went on this trip I was in this cathedral she's going on and on and I'm shaking my head took off my glasses not really paying attention my heart's heavy and I put this thing she gave me in my pocket of my coat well she finally left and that night I said St. Teresa I need to know I need to know if this is God's will and I reached my hand in my pocket and I took out this plastic case and there was a picture of a rose and I thought that's funny it's not a Christian symbol (laughs) and I opened it and there was a rose rosary blessed by the Pope there's your sign Christ highest authority on earth now I had had five roses in the years previous which we don't have time to go into but none of those roses ever lost a petal or a leaf and I still had them as God's sign to continue but in my question so the the youth minister had stopped at my door and I shared with him what had happened and he said I'm going to go get the girl you talked to her and so I really questioned her did you get anybody else a rose rosary why did you get this she said Mrs. Malvolti I was in line and I had this beautiful wooden cross to get you and the line was long and I'd waited a long time and when it was my turn to pay I just knew I had to get out of line and put that back and get you this rose rosary oh there's the Holy Spirit yeah so I thought well if the other roses turn to dust I'll have this rose rosary as a sign so that was the first sign that we would accept the eight and, and we did wow how what were the ages of the eight children when you adopted them? the youngest was 20 months and the oldest was 17 that is amazing. And, and you took them in, and what happened when you brought them to your house? How did that change your household? Well, dramatically. Have you ever heard the joke, you want to make God last, tell him your plans? I mean, 
he had so many plans. The oldest was 17. He had run with gangs. He had been in Mexican jails a couple of times. He had tuberculosis. He was legally blind. We didn't know any of those things. So as each thing is revealed, you're then given the grace to deal with that. And just his journey, being 17, he could not read. He could not write. He could not add one to a number. And I put him in a Catholic high school that has won the Award for Excellence three times in the United States, one of the few. But I didn't know he had all these deficits. It's amazing. You you really said that you were going to make a difference in the lives of children, and here you are. Well, three years later, he graduated from that high school, and he won the Positive Mental Attitude Scholarship. They only give it to one student. And he hadn't gone to school. He dropped out of school when he was in fourth grade to run the streets, to be wild. And he had to answer one question. What were the greatest obstacles you faced? What motivation did you use? And I had helped him all along. There had been four cuts because he couldn't read or write, so I would write his homework, but he would tell me. And I said, I said, I have 28 things written down that I think are the hard things. You pick what's the hardest, having TB, not letting anybody know you couldn't read, being in an Anglo culture from a totally Hispanic. He goes, it was none of those 28. I said, what was it? He said, it was having you for a mother. That was my hardest thing. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, I'm not helping you write that. But as he graduated, I looked at my two sons, and they had gotten very good grades and all kinds of things. And I said, you didn't get awards. Here is this kid who did. Oh, that's amazing. Imagine that, telling your sons that when you have your other son who comes along and you brought him and helped him along. You're listening to the voice of Rose Melvati, who is, and we're having a great conversation about her and her 21 children. We're going to have to take a short break right now, and we'll be right back. This is WSFI Spotlight, and I'm your host, Karen Gleason. We'll be right back after a few of these messages. My name is Father Dominic Pelusi. I'm a member of the Priests of the Sacred Heart. I have been ordained for 41 years. St. Paul tells us, how shall they call on Jesus in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe unless they have heard of him? And how can they hear unless there is someone to preach? We have the opportunity for Catholic Radio to do exactly that, to bring the Word of God into our houses, but more importantly, into our hearts. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. 
Facebook. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MAT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Did you know that you can listen to WSFI local programming on demand? Full episodes of Pro-Life Today, WSFI Spotlight, Healing the Whole Person, Bursting Forth in Sound, along with our novenas, prayers, and devotions are available on your mobile device or online. For iPhone and iPad users, open the already installed podcast app and search for WSFI. Then click subscribe. Android users need to visit the Google Play Store Download the Stitcher app, create a free account, then search for WSFI. Add us to your favorites playlist by clicking the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. The full archive of local shows is also available at WSFIRadio.org. Need help? Call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to WSFI Spotlight. I'm Karen Gleason, your host, and we're talking with Rose Melvati, who's the mother of 21 children. In our first segment, we talked about how she had four biological children. She adopted eight. That's 12. We have to get to 21 somehow. So, Rose, how did you get to the 21? Well, our church was sponsoring um, people to go to Haiti and I work there and I said to my husband at mass when they were putting a plea from the altar I said Alan I think you should go and he said I don't want to go and I said okay well then two more times in weeks following I said I think you should go and he finally said why do you think I should go I have so much to do here and I said because you can do anything he had built our house every every bit of it plumbing electrical whatever And I said, many people have good hearts, but not a lot of skill. He said, well, I'm just going to go to the information meeting. So he did and then decided to go and was eventually actually put on the board of directors for this school in Haiti. But while he was there, donations come, and he brought a large amount of baby clothes to Mother Teresa's sisters. And while he was there, they asked him to hold a baby. He was sick, and the bed was dirty, and they were trying to change it. And that baby died two hours later of starvation. In fact, about two kids every day die in that orphanage. And then in the school, he was watching these kids who had no lights. They were studying under street lamps or sitting in alleys, wherever, and so motivated. He came home and he goes, Rose, I want to give some of those kids a chance at a future. So we prayed our novena to St. Teresa again. And received, I received a card from a student on the fifth day with pictures of roses and covered. There were like 35 roses. And the first line she wrote in the card was, when I saw this card, I knew it was the perfect card to send you now. So we took that as a sign. We went to Haiti and some donated tickets. And the last day we were there, we were there about a week. I said to my husband, we have to decide who and how many. We had kind of committed to this baby we had been asked to take. His name was Emmanuel. 
Emmanuel had been found in a garbage dump at midnight on Christmas Eve. He was buried under many feet of garbage. The police simply pulled him out. His whole body was lacerated from the broken glass. They went to the missionaries of charity and begged for them to open, but they will not open the gates because usually it's people lying. And they're yeah. So they threw that baby over a nine-foot wall with broken glass oh and my. razor wire. But I always end the story with this joke, not joke, truth. What do you name a baby that falls from the heavens at midnight on Christmas Eve? <laughs> you name him Emmanuel. I absolutely. So they'd ask us to take him and then Mark, who was the oldest. So we leave in two hours, and I said to my husband, honey, how many and who? He said, okay, 60. 60. I said, 60? Really? Well, I'm good, but I'm not that good. <laughs> so then he said, well, how about four? So there were two other children that the nuns approached us about. Joseph was one. Joseph had been thrown in an open ditch sewer that was right behind the convent, but it was down an 85-foot cliff. And Sister Renee heard his cries one night, uh, Feast of the Immaculate Conception. And she had walked three miles to get down there. And the voodoo drums start at 1030. Trust me, I know I heard them every night if they had seen her she probably would have been killed but God protected her and she found the baby but she said to me I could not pull him out he was buried in human waste so she walked back to the convent another three miles so it's six miles she walked back down with the shovel she said I waited in it was above my knees and I shoveled and shoveled and shoveled she said three times when I popped the baby out he had an umbilical cord still bleeding and I raised him to the heavens with the blood still coming out of the umbilical cord, black sewage dripping off this baby onto her beautiful white habit. And I remembered the story of Joseph and the many colored coats. I lifted him to the heavens and I spoke directly to God and I said, he shall be Joseph. Because that story ends with the line that Joseph says to his brothers, you meant it for evil but God used it for good. So she claimed that victory then. She walked back to the convent with this baby, and for four years he had been in a crib. She asked us to take him because when we met him, he was dying. We would call it failure to thrive. A psychiatrist told me later he didn't know he was a human being. Oh, my. He was, he was dying. And so we committed to those four. But when great good can come, great evil opposes it. So it was a 10-month process that should have taken wow. six or eight weeks. Yes. And when we were at a total bypass, we did not know what to do. Uh, Patrick, who was the head of the school when my husband was on the board, he went to meet with a group of priests trying to arrange for priests to come and say Mass at the school. And the, and the superior could see he was really upset. And Patrick explained that he had sat in all these government offices and didn't know what to do. And he goes, oh, he said, Luigi Bonazzi, I think he's Archbishop, I forget the title then, is the papal nuncio. I will call him. Oh, that's nice to have that on your side, isn't it? <laughs> so the, he, the papal nuncio took on the president of the country. Wow. But it didn't end there. No. Uh, no, we went to Haiti, and there were anti-American riots. American Airlines was closing down all flights because it was too dangerous. We had guns pulled on us. Long story. But we did eventually get those four home. And I said to God at that point in time, Lord, I will take more, but I'm not going to another third world country in the middle of a revolution. Yeah, that's, so, that's understandable, yeah. I think. So a year or two later, a person from Rockford was giving a retreat in Philadelphia. A woman from there called her. She read an ad in Liguori magazine and I forget several others. 
and I called the number, and it was Springfield, Illinois. I thought, okay, that's another third world country. No. <laughs> and there was a man there, Dr. John Carroll, who runs a program called Helping Haitian Hearts, and they were advertising for two children. We went to Peoria, and actually when we were there, he said, well, there's actually three. There's another one who's gone through three families. Nobody could control him. People have given us 48 hours, or they're putting them out. You know, would you take them? So we took those three, and again, I'm not doing all the Rose Miracles, but there are beautiful ones for each story. A year later, Dr. Carroll called us. There was a little girl, and well, not little. She was actually 17, and they were going to place her somewhere, but then they found out something that prohibited them from ever putting kids in that home. And he said, I'm scheduled to leave to go back to Haiti to save this person's life. Would you take her? So we did. And then just five years ago, um, again, another little girl. Uh, she had also been in several homes. She was seven. She had also been through horrible abuse, rape, whipped, horrible abuse, and a lot of anger. And people couldn't control her. So we again prayed the novena. And I will do this rose miracle because we have many of them. But we started the novena to St. Teresa. I was very specific. I said, Lord, I want red roses, as red as a sign of martyrdom, if it's God's will that we take her. Yellow, if our, jo- our job is to be cautious and maybe find another family that she would work in. Or white, if the answer is no. The fifth day of the novena, I had been feeding and housing seminarians that were working on the Totus Tuus program for seven or eight years every summer. My son had been in seminary. He brought that program to the Rockford Diocese, also to Chicago, etc. So I had like, honestly, I had like 12 or 13 seminarians coming. And they walked in my house with 12 roses, four red, four white, and four yellow. And I was speechless. What did you make of that? I mean, you asked for different colors and you got them. Yeah, my son was laughing his head off. But God gave me the answer. About 20 minutes later, one seminarian came and said, Mrs. Malavolti, we all decided on red roses. When we were at the checkout, one person said, let's put eight back and do yellow and white. I said, okay, I will take the fact that you all agreed on red as my answer. But they were, they were also just amazed. I said, you know, if you'd gotten me pink or orange, it would have been a or non-event. daisies right, or anything whatever. else. <laughs> but no, God is faithful. He is faithful. And so that was our 21st wow. child. That, that's amazing. So you start out with four, then you adopt eight, and mm-hmm. then you adopt four, and right. then you got three, mm-hmm. and now one and one. That's 21. Right. And now we, that brings us to maybe 22. Tell us about number 22. Well, last summer, I got a bunch of texts all at one time from some people. We are involved in Schoenstatt. It's a Marian religious movement. And these women were at a park in Bloomington, Illinois, and they knew about some kids that were going to be put on the street and split apart. Anyhow, I just looked into it, and they there was this little girl, her name was Yang Jen, we're going to name her Josie, Josefina Maria Lucia, and she was going to be put, now this is the way it's worded, into domestic service, translated slave labor, or released, that means put on the street. Oh. And then they say, if you look at the future of the children that are released, it's not very long, they're not prepared for this. So I googled average temperature in January and February, it's 20 some below zero. Wow. The child has nystagmus, which is shaking of the eyes, and China had given the U.S. one month to find a home or her dossier would be pulled. So we went up to Schoenstatt and spent many hours in the shrine, lots of rosaries, lots of prayer, it was a retreat. 
and believed we had our answer by the end of the week. But we don't have forty-five dollars, <laughs> much less forty-five thousand, yes. which is really oh, it costs that much to adopt. Well, wow, it's amazing. So we said, all right, God, we're saying yes. If it's not your will, you shut the door. If it is your will, you're going to have to make this happen. And God will make it happen. And we did raise most of the money, although we keep finding out there's many more fees. At first, we were quoted 36000 but there's tons of other fees that aren't figured into that that they expect you to absorb. Mm-hmm. And one, for example, the last five were medical needs. I have one son who's on dialysis 13 hours a day. That's over 35000 a month just for dialysis. Wow. He's on eight medications, many doctors. So my point... And you're making a difference in his life, that's well, for sure. They told us he'd be dead in 18 months when we took him. It's been 10 years. Wow. Two years after, we had to put him in uh, intensive care for four months and... 27-hour surgery, million and a half hospital, million in doctors. But anyhow, so we didn't really have the cash, but God did raise it. And our documents are now in China. We're waiting for China's decision. They'll get back to us, and hopefully within a few months we'll be having to travel to China to pick up 22. And you'll have number 22. That's amazing. Now, I know those expenses can be quite daunting. And like you said, the fees keep coming. And if for those of you who'd like to help Rose, you can just Google Rose Melvolti, and that's spelled M-A-L-A-V-O-L-T-I, and GoFundMe. Google those two things, and you'll be able to help Rose out get her to number 22 and with a heart like roses you can't say no it's just amazing how she has helped all these children through the years and she knew this when she was eight years old that's just amazing i i can't imagine i have eight children and i feel like such a piker compared to you i really do so it is amazing i i really appreciate the time you've taken with everything and you had the children that you had are are children of the roses quite honestly it it seems to me like you have wonderful miracles that have happened and you have mentioned and we've talked outside of this that there are so many more miracles that relate to roses and to saint therese i really appreciate you taking the time spending with us today and thank you again to rose malvoti and until next time from all of us here at wsfi 88.5 fm catholic radio i'm karen gleason thanks for listening This has been WSFI Spotlight. For more information on this or any other program, email info at wsfiradio.org.